Welcome to Sam's Business Growth Show. I'm Sam Dunning, a digital marketing, sales, and business growth evangelist. Tune in and subscribe today as I'll be interviewing business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from around the globe. You'll be learning their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and exclusive tips and insights to help you skyrocket your own business. Welcome back to the show. I'm truly excited to be joined by my friend today, Kostas Perkas. Kostas is the sales director for one of the UK's biggest conference organizers in the world, actually. Um, Kostas brings a whole wealth of experience to the table in both sales and leadership, um, having developed and managed many salespeople, sales managers and directors across the UK and Singapore. As an ex-military officer, he also brings experience in managing and making decisions in very critical situations. Kostas, lovely to have you on the show, mate. How's it going? Yeah, very well. I mean, uh, I'm enjoying my hourly hour of sunshine day. Although yesterday was a lot of a lot of work in the garden, and it's uh, just a, just a beautiful day. Shame that we're in self isolation. That's it, man. You've had some really really sunny days in the UK, and like you say, it's just a shame we have to be right. cooped up. But at least we get yeah. to go in our gardens with a beer, hey? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's it. Cool. So there's loads you want to cover today, Costas, and the audience are keen to know some of your strategies that have helped you along the years in terms of sales, in terms of marketing. Um, we'd love to know any, any digital marketing strategies you recommend to sales reps, marketing reps, and business owners listening in. But first and foremost, we really want to learn your story. So ever since leaving school, we want to know where you grew up. We want to know some of the key business roles you've had leading up to your current role and what you've learned along the way. So if you could tell us a bit of background, let's learn a bit more about Costas and some of your highs and lows. Okay, so, you know, I guess the, the most um, relevant part here is, is my previous sales experience. And um, um, I, I'm, I'm 47 uh, this year, and I've noticed a lot of people at around my age. I was listening to a podcast with Corey Bray. Do you know Corey? He's a UK, Corey US Bray. author, Corey Bray. He's okay. written some great books. Uh, Keith Rosen, a favorite author of mine. Uh, and they, they both say that they're roughly the same age. Maybe Keith Rosen is a bit older than me. And they all say that they started doing sales uh, door to door. And um, I, I did I did sales door to door sales at uni uh, for okay. six months. Uh, and you know, looking back, you know, you, you just get experiences. Nothing prepared me for later on for my for my career. But looking back at my experience back there, door to door, I realized that prospecting is pretty much 50% of, of, of the deal. So anyway, I came back, I came to the UK uh, and I had uh, a choice, a choice of choosing a stable career that doesn't pay much money. You stay on a 2% pay rise, 3%, 4%, depending on what's happening in the markets for you know five years, or I could risk everything and go for, 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 for the money and choose a career in sales. And I chose the, uh, the latter. Uh, and I'm glad I did because it has paid off handsomely in terms of my development as a person, but obviously financially as well. So when I came here, I was looking to find my first sales job. And um, I, found a sales job, I found my first sales job. I stayed there for about four or five months. I did ask for a stupid pay rise. Looking back, it was a completely stupid pay rise. They said no. And I said, great, I'm going to go on holiday. Then I came back, found a great job. Did it for about a year, and then the uh, the business was sold to another business, and they had to move in the Midlands. So Got it. I was again looking for for a, for a, for a job. And All right, Costas. Just before we carry on, so 
Am I right in saying you're you're from Greece? So you moved from Greece to the UK. Yeah. Did you did you go to uni in Greece? I got I went to uni in Greece. Yeah. And you mentioned a sales job that you were doing door to door. What was that? What were you selling when you did that? Yeah, um, we were uh, we were selling um, laminated uh, instructions of uh, PCP and how to give first aid. So it was a two-page oh, right. laminated folder. And my friend, he was doing it for longer. He wasn't making a lot of money. So I remember he had a bike and he used to go around houses over the weekends. And um, we, were, we were doing that, but you know, we weren't making a lot of money. Not, not many people were buying. And um, one day we just went to this guy's house, knocked on the door, we told him what we were selling. He said, yeah, can I get 10? It was the first, I mean, we used to sell 10 in a day. It was yeah. the first time yeah. someone said 10. And I said, well, talk to me more about why you want to buy them. And he said, look, I work for the government. And every office in the government building has to have one of them. Kaching, that was the, the money moment where we switched our strategy. So instead of working Saturdays and Sundays, we went into working Mondays to Fridays and targeting government uh, um, uh, offices. And we made a lot of money for six months, enough for me to go in and enjoy a great, luxurious holiday in uh, one of the uh, Greek islands. So awesome. that was my first success uh, and first taste of sales. Nice man. No, we that was our last holiday actually, Greece, me and my, my fiance. So cool. All right. So it sounds like you, you learned where you needed to tap into in Pros- terms of your key audience. Prospecting, literally, who's who's gonna buy your product? That, that was the biggest uh, lesson there. You're fifty percent you, you have a fifty percent chance of completing a sale if you speak to the right customers, if there is need for your for your product. Okay. All right. So then you you flew, moved over to the UK and yeah. then um, what what was your next role, Costas? Next role was uh, selling for an, a, a, a Greek company, import and export. Uh, so I was completing sales in the UK for Greek products. I did okay. this for about, I would say five, six months. This is when I expected uh, a huge pay rise. Um, <laughs> I didn't get it uh, and I left and that, that's fine. I think we, we parted uh, companies. And then I found this, this job that was 2001.com, I guess it was a, it was like a web portal where we were selling advertising, advertisement space uh, to retail. Oh, okay. That was a great job. It was it was a huge office, a uh, lot of people, funky music playing, great young environment. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, and I was doing well. I was one of four salespeople. So I remember in my last four months, sorry, in my last five months, I was in the top two, which meant that I was progressing. But like I said, the, the company moved to Midlands and, well, I couldn't, I couldn't move to Midlands. I came here to live in, the, in, in, in London. Got it. So okay. I had to find another job. So how long were you there for? For about a year, maybe just about, about a year. year. Um, did you learn anything along that way, uh, Costas? Because that was a, quite a transition from what you were doing before in terms of door-to-door selling and things. Yeah, I guess what, I, what I've learned is that uh, I've learned the retail space. A bit, a bit better. I've learned about what the retail, the retail back in what was that? Now 2000 and, uh, 2001, 2002. Okay. What were their challenges back then? And you know, you were trying to push people to actually advertise on a, on a, on a web portal on the web, where not that many people had access to um, or buying uh, things from from the internet. So it was it was it was challenging. But again, because we were targeting big retailers. It was a concept that they could understand. They wouldn't invest a ton of money, but they could understand the concept and they would just buy some advertising space. Cool, man. Okay. So that they, they sold up and then you, you moved, moved tracks somewhere new. 
Yeah, and this is when um, I, I, I secured a different, uh, another role, which I was able to start in, I think, three months time, timelines. Uh, and that was before Christmas. And I remember a friend of mine was, uh, was working for the company I work now, WBN, and said, do you want, do you want to, you know, just for Christmas, you want some money? He said, do you want to come and do a contract? And I said, great, I, I can work for three months instead of doing nothing. Um, so I started doing that, uh, I did it for three months. But what that became apparent to me is that the earning opportunity, it was tremendous. Uh, and also because we organized conferences, I could, I could work on different products, different sectors uh, every three to four months, which for me, that, that really, it was interesting because, you know, sales, like any other job, you can get boring and repetitive. But the minute sure. you change uh-huh. products, you keep the variety happening. Yeah, and uh, keep on going. I definitely agree with that. Definitely need a bit of variety, don't you? It doesn't matter what yeah. you're doing. If it's work, if it's outside of work, cool. Okay, so you started as a sales rep and, and worked your way up. Did you cost us? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all all the way from sales rep, sales manager, managed half the department, took the department, launched another business unit, managing the uh, the Singapore office, tripling the number of people in 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 the UK office in probably seventeen seventeen uh, no 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 but twelve years sorry twelve years. Okay, so you've been there quite a few, quite a few years now. So you must have, there must have been quite a few insights and tips and tricks that you've picked up over the years that you could share with with our audience in terms of what you've learned, how you were able to progress from kind of entry level sales right through to sales leadership. Um, so yeah, if you could tell us a bit more about your, your journey and some of the highs and lows and how how you made it happen. Highs and lows. Well, we we're going through a low now, so I'm not going <laughs> to dwell much of it. Sure. Look, I mean. Um, you know, I, I keep thinking my oldest son is 13 and in probably, what, eight years, nine years time, she will be looking for a job. And I guess the biggest learning for me was um, that there's no substitute for hard work, right? There's, you know, you can work smart, you can, you can be the smartest in the room, but you need to work hard, especially in sales. So I, I'm trying to instill my, to, my, to my boys uh, the, the, the notion of hard work will get you eventually um, uh, somewhere, and the second, the second thing is that helped me move through the ranks is that I remember one one of the mentors that the company was using uh, to 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 develop me said told me once like if you want to be the the sales director you gotta act as if you can't act as if you are the sales director when you are the sales director you need to ask to act as if you are the sales director before you become so that really just you know start centering our, my thinking around what does a sales director do? How do they need to be reacting, acting on a daily basis? So when the time and the opportunity comes, probably I'm ready, not necessarily in terms of the skill, because you haven't done the job, but in terms of the mindset and the groundwork that you have done for the other departments, your boss's boss, to see you someone who will take over. That was the biggest learning curve. So I know that okay. what's going to happen after this crisis that a lot of companies will scale up again. And that will create opportunities for younger people that say, listen, I want to be in people management. My advice would be like, act as if today, as if you are a manager, as if you are a leader of, of, of salespeople. Nice. Okay. And the first point, Kostas, you mentioned hard work. But what does that mean in, in more simple terms? Because a lot, of, a lot of us have a different definition of hard work. For some, it's putting in extra hours in the day. For some, it's doing some work over the weekends. Um, for some, it's engaging more on social media. Some, it's making more cold, cold calls, sending more emails, um, doing more follow-ups. So what, what did that mean in your, your sense of things, Costas? 
the, sim the simplest way to actually explain um, hard work that in, any, in a way that everyone will understand is the fear of compound interest, right? If you are doing, making one more call, sending one more email, sending one more proposal every single day, one more than anyone else in your department, in your company, the, 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 the compound interest means that you have you would have said way more proposals just by doing that little action every single day than anyone else. So even if you're not a great salesperson, just by, by having that habit of sending the one more email, making one more call, eventually you will pay back. Now, I would never, I would never suggest to people to work uh, longer hours, right? If you can't complete your job within nine hours, there's a problem. So someone needs to help you fix whatever problem there is. I would definitely never advocate anyone um, working over weekends. You know, I love my weekends. We need to, to, to relax. Uh, it's stressful as it is. You don't need to, to bring any more stress into your weekend. But it's that discipline of doing something more every single day. And the easiest way to understand, just do one more thing that you should be doing every day. One more thing than everyone else in the department. It will get you um, definitely um, ahead. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a nice little tip, really, just to go that extra mile, really, and put that extra little bit of work in each According day. According to Einstein, the, the, compound, um, the, the compound interest, the theory of compound interest is the, is the hardest, the, um, the most powerful uh, force in the universe. I wouldn't argue with a, with a genius, so uh, that's the easiest way for me to explain what hard work means. For each company, for each individual, we mean different things. But that's that one little habit can change great, great things, can make great things happen. Cool, man. And are there any particular highs that you've had in your sales career um, so far that you could share with us? Any big wins or any, yeah, any I mean, big piece of teamwork that came together? Yeah, I guess one one which is I guess it's uh, it's relevant to what's happening right now. Uh, I remember in 2010, so I took over as a director literally a month before Lehman Brothers collapsed. So I, I, my first year, I didn't experience much of, of, of growth. But what happened is by the end of the second year, which was 2010, with the same number of products and the same number of people, we grew by about 45%. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a pretty good uh, growth uh, for, um, uh, for a department the size of maybe 25 individuals. And it didn't happen because we're the best in the Well, we have great products. I'm not going to take anything away from the products. But it didn't happen because we're the best, we're the best processor, we're the best sales department. It did happen because after the crisis, people thought that they should be buying more. And I expect this to, to, to happen when this current situation is over, people will be buying more. So that was for me a, a huge, um, a huge win that I will claim as my own, but <laughs> it had nothing to do, nice. with, had to do with the market conditions. And I think it's going to happen again. The other thing is like collaboration um, for the past, year and a half we've been working you know the, the whole com conversation about marketing and then sales collaboration uh sure. myself and sure. counterpart in marketing are uh, working very closely together and testament to that is that last year the the revenue that came in from inbound leads that we can actually track that were inbound leads from marketing's activities grew by about 26 percent which it was more than doubled from the year before and the easiest thing to to because you know the, the many experts and i'm not a marketing expert um the, the easiest way to, to explain why this happened is that we were able to communicate what our customers saying to our marketing department. So we had more meetings with, with, the, with, the, with the marketing, our marketing counterparts, not necessarily to discuss what's going well or what's not going well, but to just give them feedback and pro, give them some evidence of what our customers are saying. So we recorded a lot of conversations, we were, we were playing them, and we then uh, jointly 
we will work on what the context should be or, or what the next message should be about. And that drove a lot of inquiries towards our salespeople, good inquiries. Interesting. And I bet your, your, I bet your salespeople were loving it that year. If, if sales inquiries, inbound inquiries grew by about 26% or so, yes, less cold calls. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> it, it, it worked for, for everyone, for the marketing people, because they're still obviously making money from whatever the sales department generates as a, for, as a business for the net profit, but definitely for the salespeople, absolutely, yeah. Cool, man. So you're a sales leader, a sales director, right? So what tips do you have for any other business leaders or team leaders listening in to keep their sales reps or marketing reps motivated on a daily basis, which is especially important with the coronavirus that's going on right now? Yeah, again, I'm, I'm not an expert, so I'm not quite sure how much this will resonate. I mean, this is the second crisis uh, I'm going through. Um, I guess the, the, the starting point is all about trust. Uh, I trust the business I work uh, are working uh, and uh, my people trust me. So when a crisis happens, it's, it's a question of do you trust the business? Do you trust your business model? Do you trust your leader? Do you trust what they say? What do you think they will do for you? So we're very um, uh, lucky in that, in that respect that we, there's, there's trust in, in the business. I posted a few, a few days ago about my, uh, the advice that was, I was given in military, which is like, never run. Yeah, I wanted to bring that up, actually, so I'm glad you mentioned it. I was going to say, yeah. what skills have you transferred through your military experience into the cells? Well, the, 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 the not many. I, I wouldn't say that you know, the, the uh, military people make uh, great leaders because the business world is completely different. But the, yeah. there's certain some, some things that you know, they, they are transferable, like, like what, what, I was, what I learned, which is like, Never run because it scares the, shoulder, the, the soldiers. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to keep calm and optimistic. I can't go crazy and say, oh, it's not going to happen. And I, can't, and I cannot go, you know, uh, completely pessimistic. Oh, this is the end of... You have to, to keep a balance. And keep a, you have to keep level head in, in periods of crisis because they look up to you to, to see... They, people read body language, body signs, that is a sign language that you give uh, in respect of how you feel about a certain situation. So that was the first thing. I, I remember in early March, I wanted to make, make clear one thing clear to my guys. Look, we will most definitely be making less money for the next three to four months. The minute you take that, the minute you confront this, this uh, you know, you just then stay focused on what needs to happen to, to make sure that the business survives and we all, you know, get out of this uh, with less casualties as, as possible. Uh, so that was, uh, that was definitely something that I learned in the Army you need to keep keep calm and collected in periods of crisis because if you lose your head there's no way that anything's going to happen yeah no that's that's some good advice and i like the part that you said about transparency so basically saying look sales probably will take a hit right now however if we look at playing the long game so if we look at strategies that are going to build up our sales pipeline so in a couple months once this clears up we can have a lot of op opportunities there ready to, to close new business and, and drive sales and it's really then focusing their, their, their efforts on something else. That's why, you know, my, my strategy about how to get out of this is it was about prospecting. I think it's, it's, it's perfect opportunity for mass, mass prospecting and maybe selective selling. No one wants to sell right now, and I can understand that. But mass prospecting, it's, it's really, really important. And the other thing is like what I want to do with the department is that they, I want them to, to acquire new skills. So we, we, we um, experimented a lot with uh, video messaging. Voice messaging. We we experimented with um, copywriting uh, because you know you can't expect marketing right now to, to to help you out because we're in a crash situation. 
So we have to, to, to learn to become a better copywriter. Yeah. That brings us on nicely. So on, on Sam's Business Growth Show, we love to take the angle of digital marketing and how that helps you. And I know you said your marketing over the last year have helped your sales team in terms of inbound leads. So yeah, it'd be great to learn what marketing channels has been a success for your business as well as what has been a success personally. Because obviously we both met on LinkedIn, which is a digital channel, and that's, that's how we uh, started the conversation. So yeah, if you could share a bit more about that, Costas, that'd be great. Well, as a, as a business, I think that we, we need to, to make, to improve our, our social uh, presence. Um, uh, I think that we have great products. A lot of people in the industry know those, those divisions, but I don't think that we, we could do better promoting those, those products. So still a lot of business comes through uh, traditionally email. Uh, so you reach out to people by email and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that we can, we, we missing slightly the uh, trick. However, that's primarily for marketing. We obviously have a lot of, um, we work with a lot of um, uh, partners, uh, media partners. Again, they push our content uh, and our products out there and that works very well. As sales people though, I've seen over the years, uh, a huge, huge transition. Nowadays, if you can't write, you can't sell. Before it was always always on the phone, uh, calling people, trying to find a way. I uh, I believe now that you know uh, sales. When you actually teach someone a sales process, you need to start teaching them copywriting skills. Definitely for maybe have presence on LinkedIn, but even doing like a more um, you know sniper-like um, campaign uh, to your audiences, people that you can actually reach, 10, 15, 20 people. You know, uh, maybe have a personalized message trying to reach out to individuals. So over the years, we, we're trying to do more and more about, uh, about copywriting. I mean, I read two books, uh, which was, one was uh, What uh, Great Sales People Do, which is okay. it's about storytelling. It helped me personally with my content on uh, content. Yeah, with my LinkedIn, LinkedIn posts, um, changed the way I write. And what I did see is that I've seen way more engagement when I change the way uh, the way I write, and the other word, the, the other book that we're using is the uh, um, yeah copywriting handbook, copywriting handbook. I remember the, the, the title. So these two okay. books, we're trying to actually get more people to learn how to write because you cannot get in front of people, and you need to be able to do a marketing job. I think both roles now definitely sales are doing more marketing activities. Dude, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, you'll have to send me the links to those two books and I'll put them in the description for the episode. That'd be awesome. But I 100% agree that sales reps, if they want to go above and beyond, um, doesn't matter if you're sales rep, marketing rep, business leader, business owner, you need to be putting out your own content. Um, yeah. And it needs to be good content, like you say. So I've, I've noticed that your, your posts over the last yeah few months have so got really good engagement. And like you say, in, entwining the art of storytelling is key. Um, and with LinkedIn, because you can get such huge organic engagement, it's free advertising. So all you've got to it do is, is put yeah. out one decent post a day. You can get thousands of views, aka thousands yeah. of people landing on your LinkedIn profile, which is a landing page, which can then long-term drive inbound leads. Awesome. Okay. So I'm not going to harp on about LinkedIn too much because everyone listening knows that I love it. And um, it's a great platform to be on. So Costas, have you got any tips for anyone listening that wants to work their way up to a sales leadership or sales directorship level? on the way that they can make it happen? Okay, apart from the act as if, so you need to literally start thinking yourself as a, as a future leader, mindset is really, really important. Um, I guess it's, it's um, um, what Dan Pink has said in, in um, I can't remember which book it was, but Dan Pink said um, uh, that you need 
to reach the level of autonomy. Um, so you need to earn the right to, to be autonomous. So you don't have someone looking over your shoulder. You know, the, the micromanagement thing, I never understood it. I don't wake up in the morning to go to the office to check how many emails people send out. That doesn't interest me. Because primarily, I work you know, on the assumption that people want to reach that level of autonomy, that I don't have to, to, to check what, what, what they do. So the minute you reach that level of autonomy, so you can be self-managed, the second level is to reach the level of mastery. Whatever your, your skill is, whatever your, your, your job is, you need to master it. That is why I'm, I'm, I'm a stickler for, for, for process. Stay focused on the process. Just repeat the process. So you don't become the variable. If you change the process all the time, you become the variable. We have enough variables as salespeople, our customers, our prospects, they're variables. But if you stick to a process, then you, don't, you, you reduce the variables. So when you go from autonomy, then you go to mastery. Then there's the last thing, which I think most people do not understand, it's purpose. If you go into management because you think you'll be making a lot of money immediately, or because you, you want the kudos of being seen as a leader, I think it's the wrong assumption. Uh, in the first couple of years, it's a pretty crappy job, if you want my opinion. Uh, you know, you, you're taking way too much work uh, for no great reward. So unless you have a purpose and your purpose is to develop people and that's how you're going to be making your money, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't suggest it to other people. So act as if to start with in the mindset, I will go with reach that level of autonomy so people can trust you. Go with master whatever it is that you do, marketing, sales, master it, learn the process so you can teach it. And the last thing is if you still want to actually become a manager, become a leader, then what's your purpose? Why are you doing it? And if, you, if it is about money, it's the wrong, wrong uh, reason to, to do it. It's all about developing people. Some solid tips, man. So that's, that's some really sound advice for anyone tuning in that, that wants to work their way up the, uh, the ladder indeed. Cool. Okay. So, um, Costas, I think we're, we're coming close to, to wrapping this up. So what I like to ask everyone on the show is if you could thank just one person, either dead or alive, for having a positive influence on both your career um, and your, your life so far, who would that be and why? Oh, without a doubt, it's my wife. A hundred percent. I think that, you know, um, in the darkest of, 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 of moments, she's always been there. Uh, and uh, I remember my father saying that, uh, you know, your spouse is, is like a lottery. You know, if you, if you, if you, if you, if you get it, you, you, you'll be lucky. But most people don't, don't get to win the lottery. I think I won the lottery. And, uh, yeah, without her, I wouldn't have achieved what I've, what I've achieved. It's very easy uh, for me. She's not here, by the way. She doesn't follow what I do on LinkedIn uh, because she thinks that I'm spending too much time on LinkedIn. So she wouldn't oh, be listening yeah. to that. But, you know, that's, that's definitely the person I, wanna, I want to, 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 to thank. No, that's it. My, that's, that's great. I mean, I, I got to say the same for mine. I don't know how she puts up with me all the time on my phone, checking emails, checking LinkedIn. It's nonstop, isn't it? Cool. All right, Costas. Well, um, everyone, you've been listening to Sam's Business Growth Show, where we sit down with business leaders, experts, and entrepreneurs from across the globe. We find out their story, how digital marketing has helped them along the way, and their exclusive tips and insights to help, help you skyrocket your business and your sales. Costas, just before we go, tell us a bit more about your business how people can connect with yourself and the best way to get in touch. Well, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's not very difficult to connect with me. I'm always on LinkedIn. <laughs> so uh, my business, we, we organize, I, I think, the best uh, business to business conferences out there in, in the industries we operate in. So we are a global business, um, offices in, in Singapore, 
New York, Toronto, uh, and London. Um, WBR Worldwide Business Research. If you work in in uh, in finance, procurement, uh, logistics, pharmaceuticals, uh, you probably know WBR, and it's a well trusted brand. Uh, nothing more to say, to be honest. I, I I'm, I'm getting ready for the uh, for the Thursday takedown with the the US guys. So um, I want to I want to ask you if you feel ready to to take the to, for the the takedown. <laughs> Yeah, for anyone listening, um, well, what we'll do is we'll put a link in the description for both Kostas's LinkedIn profile and also his the business he's with that's selling B2B events. Um, for anyone listening, what Kostas is talking about is we're doing a Brits versus Yanks webinar showdown, um, which has got a whole host of uh, famous guys in terms of the US and UK sales leaders. And we've also got me, a digital marketing dabbler. Um, and we're going to be basically, Daryl Prowl's going to organise it. <laughs> Um, what I'll do is I'll put a link in the description for that. We'll record the show. So by the time the show goes out, this show would have been played and we'll record it. So we'll put that below. So that'd be good fun for anyone else who wants to spend uh, an hour or so having a laugh at us all compete against each other. Cool. So Costas, thanks so much. The show is sponsored by webchoiceuk.com, helping, helping businesses skyrocket their sales, leads and brand positioning via results-driven SEO, digital marketing, conversion-focused web design and mobile apps. That's webchoiceuk.com. Thanks very much, Costas. Thanks, mate. It was really nice talking to you. Subscribe today for more digital marketing, sales, and business growth tips from the experts.